Virtually no aspect of American education has gone unaffected by COVID-19, and the humble snow day is no exception. In fact, the new capabilities for remote instruction schools have developed amid the pandemic may make one of students' favorite winter traditions a thing of the past. With the first major storm of the winter bearing down on the East Coast, policymakers are facing an unprecedented decision, whether to follow tradition and close schools or to move forward with remote learning. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio said that students in the nation's largest school district would have school online, whether they're happy about it or not. But officials elsewhere have elected to shut down, seeking to make sure that, as one West Virginia superintendent put it, the first snow day of winter is one thing our kids won't lose this year. I'm Marty West, editor of Education Next, and joining me today to discuss the new decision schools are facing this winter is Josh Goodman. Josh is an associate professor of education and economics at Boston University. He's also the author of In Defense of Snow Days, an article that appeared in the summer 2015 issue of the journal and remains among the most popular articles in our archive, thanks, I'm sure, to students sending it to their superintendents. Josh, welcome back to the Ednext podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Marty. So you're the only person I know who's actually studied the phenomenon of snow days and their implications for student learning. And that research led you to write this article for Education Next in defense of snow days. So what was your defense of snow days and how has the calculus around cancellations changed in our new environment? Right. So years ago, I wrote this research paper where I took data from Massachusetts and I asked, how does the number of days students lose in a year due to snow and school closures, how does that seem to be related to student achievement as measured by test scores? And what I found was that there was surprisingly weak relationship between those two things. In other words, the number of days the student missed, if it was one or two or three snow days in a year, didn't seem to have a big impact on learning as we could measure it. I found that teachers and students seem to be dealing well with the lost instructional time, maybe by cutting out parts of the curriculum that weren't on the tests or were less important because they had that spare time in the course of a typical 180-day school year. So I we wrote that article. I wrote that article called In Defense of Snow Days. I no longer really want to defend snow days, in part because I don't think we have that time to spare given the current state of schooling in the pandemic. I think there's a couple separate questions we might ask. What's the right approach to schooling this year and in the near future as we're dealing with the fallout of the pandemic? And maybe what we should be thinking about on an ongoing basis in future years once the situation has returned to normal. But as I think back on that research, I recall that one aspect of it was that when you didn't cancel school, that a lot of students nonetheless stayed home and that you found could be as disruptive for teachers as canceling school altogether. When you had some students who were there, some students who weren't, and you had ultimately to deal with that chaos. Is that right? I think that's exactly right. It seems like students and teachers could deal pretty well with a world in which we all stay home one day and then in coordinated fashion, we come back the next day. But what's really hard for teachers to deal with is when 20 or 30 or 50% of students are absent, then do you actually teach a lesson that day? Do you just waste the present students time and wait for the next day to come? And that coordination problem is, is really a challenge for teachers. So let's think about what that means for the situation school districts are facing right now. Of course, in many parts of the country, students are not coming into school buildings at all. They're already remote. And so 
a snowfall doesn't change what's going on in any way. They might as well keep moving forward. Is that is that uh, basically the bottom line? So that's roughly what I feel at this point. So my kids have been doing, and lots of kids throughout the country have been doing remote schooling since last March. It's now been nine months. Uh, that's true of, and in our district, nearly all of the students. So there aren't really the typical kinds of safety issues that come up during a normal snow day. There aren't kids getting on buses. There aren't teachers driving to work for the most part. Um, and so uh, I certainly feel that given that those safety concerns aren't around and given that our kids already spend their days at home in front of their computers doing their lessons, it would seem a little bit odd to suddenly disrupt their schedule further just because of a change of weather. And so, um, you know, the way I think about it is my kids, if you think about all the education that we lost in the spring and the way that a lot of schools started late in the fall, my kids have already had about 100 snow days this year, except that there wasn't any snow. And so, um, you know, I don't see a lot of parents and kids clamoring out for like, please give me a break from school because I've, I've spent too much time in school this year. For the most part, I see the opposite. I see kids who, roughly speaking, want to be learning, parents who want their kids to be learning, parents who would like uh, their kids to be engaged by someone else so that they can do their own jobs, whether it's in or out of the house. Uh, and so I think, I think um, the typical calculations we do about snow days are, are probably uh, uh, really, really different this year. Uh, and we should really be trying to milk all of the instructional time we have available for, for everything it's worth. Yeah, I'm not sure that we have systematic data about how families are thinking about snow days in particular. I think you're right to make the case that parents are seeking more from their schools than they have been getting. We found in Education Next survey work that the more contact students are having with school, the more satisfied parents are with how things are going. Uh, but at the same time, not systematic, but you see a lot of uh, calls on social media for honoring this tradition of rewarding students uh, for their work with the first snowfall with some time outside. How do you think educators should be thinking about that competing consideration? Yeah, so my, my kids would disown me and a lot of people would condemn me if I said that, you know, kids should not play in the snow today, that, you know, their job is to learn their math, their literacy, their science. That's clearly not what I think. I think what's interesting is we're in a world given remote schooling that affords us a flexibility we've never had before. So it used to be because of safety issues, school superintendents had to decide is school open or closed. It's a zero, one, you know, zero percent, hundred percent kind of game. That's not the world roughly that we live in anymore. And in fact, I think teachers should take advantage of this on days like today and say, look, you know, the school day is sort of roughly six hours long. We're going to still spend part of it learning, but we're going to specifically devote you know, let's say one, two hours in the middle of the day or at the end of the day to time that we want you to go out and enjoy this weather because we think there's a, there's a balance to be struck between sort of needing to learn and taking advantage of, uh, you know, having fun and get, getting some energy out outside. Uh, and so that's, I, I think that's the world we live in. I think let's take advantage of the flexibility afforded by remote schooling and not think about snow days anymore, but think about snow hours or snow afternoons or snow breaks. And a great example of this is I have a fifth grader who um, has been having a great remote learning experience this year. Uh, 
and every day his teacher gives them a schedule where there are some synchronous things, some asynchronous things, and then some blocks of independent work time where she'll specify to the students, you know, during this time, please be reading your book or writing your report or doing these math problems. Well, what happened today when he logged on is he had all the synchronous stuff, he had all the asynchronous stuff, but in those blocks of independent time, she wrote, just go play in the snow. And I thought that was an absolutely fantastic compromise, which is to say, we're doing school today, we're learning, but we also know that you need to take advantage of this opportunity. With my boys, one of them a fifth grader, uh, in the next room over, wrapping up their schoolwork for the day so that they can run outside after it, I kind of like that approach where it was even built in uh, to the education. And that seems like a particularly good approach amidst the pandemic and the pressures to ensure that students are receiving adequate instructional time this year. Going forward, I wonder though, if there might be a slightly more expansive approach that we could consider. When I was an undergraduate, I attended Williams College and we had a tradition there known as Mountain Day, which was that on the most beautiful day of the fall, as determined by the president of the college, he or she would ring a bell and uh, classes would be canceled for the day unexpectedly, giving you that spontaneous uh, holiday. Uh, but it was one that professors were aware would happen at some point and therefore you know, could adjust around. And so I wonder as we think about you know, minimum school year requirements, uh, making sure that students have 180 days, we might build in those schedules some flexibility to still have some spontaneous breaks uh, as mother nature determines. What do you think of that approach? I, I think that would be great. And particularly now that we're in a world in which everyone is so used to this remote schooling experience, it would certainly be easy enough to sort of do that, but still incorporate some amount of learning or feel like you hadn't necessarily lost 100% of that time, which I think is the, is the, is the real challenge going forward. My guest today has been Josh Goodman, Associate Professor of Education and Economics at Boston University and author of In Defense of Snow Days, an article or at least a title he may have just retracted. Josh, thanks for being part of the podcast. This has been great. And I'm just going to plug one last thing, which is uh, if we end up in a world in which snow days are not snow days, but snow hours where kids are both doing some learning and some snow play, I want everyone to call this sledgeication. <laughs> We, if, uh, if that happens, you've heard it here first. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. You've been listening to the Ednext Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you use so that you don't miss an episode. And especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps us find more listeners and more listeners to find us.